Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. So today is August 7th, 2015. The AC training number seven. So, yeah, when you are wanting to do the animal communication scanning, and that's the aspect you're especially questioning. Is that right, Ellen? Yes. Uh-huh. So there's one of two ways you can do it. You can do it from an outsider's point of view, you know, with the animal, where you're imagining yourself standing on the outside, like you often do with the regular Q&A back and forth with the animal. And you can imagine seeing, like, I I picture it, like, as if I'm a machine and I'm scanning, like, just like a scanner. I'm starting from the left and I'm starting from the tip of the nose all the way to the tip of the tail. And as I pass through the entire body, I include the entire body width and length in this, um, I go slow enough to detect if something is drawing my attention or catching my eye. Because remember, anything that is out of sync, abnormal, or off with that particular animal will naturally jump up on the radar for you. So scanning visually is one way of doing it. I suppose you could also scan, I don't see why not, um, energetically in the sense of feeling. You could feel tip of the te- you know tip of the nose all the way to the tip of the tail and I'm sure the same thing will happen I am a little bit more visual so I often use the visualization if you would okay. rather though get into the body perspective of the animal and sense that way you can do it as well and to do that just put your perspective in behind their eyes imagine looking out of their eyes hearing out of their ears feel the entire length of their body just so you can settle yourself in first and then you can actually do the same scan. Imagine you're being scanned. Now this time you're the animal. You're being scanned by something outside of yourself. And again, your awareness is going to stop wherever, you know, something's off. So you can do it one of two ways. Now, if you're ever feeling like I'm not getting anything either way, you can also step outside the animal and ask the animal, is there anything wrong with your body here in this region, in the heart region, in the GI system region? You know, and they'll tell you. Or they'll just you can just ask them the general question, what is off? What doesn't feel right? Or what do you want your person to know? Now, when you ask the question, what do you want your person to know, sometimes very ill animals are like, nothing, we're good to go. Because they have the perspective that, A, their person already knows about the issues, why, you know, um, why berate it, why go over it again. Or they're like, you know, the person doesn't need to know my issues because that's not what's really important here. You know, X, Y, and Z is more important. Right. So those are different ways of doing it. So, Ellen, it's not really about mm, try to avoid the I don't know what I'm doing here. Because when you say that, when we say that to ourselves, we throw, we literally throw our knowingness out the window in that moment because we've mm-hmm. decided I don't know what I'm doing here. So in this moment of here, you just called it. So therefore, your divine will is going to follow that. So you're not going to know what to do here in this moment. So when I get stuck, I'll often say to the universe, okay, what else is possible? I use that one a lot. It is an old access consciousness phrase. I don't do access work anymore, if you're familiar with it at all, but I do use that one, what else is possible, or what am I missing here? Because then the universe is like, oh, you asked, and asking shall receive is true, so we will bring you what you're missing, or what you need to know, or other possibilities. Does that make sense? It really does. And, and here's a question I have for you. When we had your, the session where you communicated with Electra, yes, and you scanned her, I remember you saying to yourself, okay, heart's okay, living's okay, you know. Oh, I can hardly hear you. Speak louder, please. I, I remember you saying to yourself, okay, heart's okay, liver's okay, this is okay, that's okay. Yes. Well, I thought maybe there was some like list of organs or something you have? Um, 
No, but I did want to, for whatever reason in that moment, um, I felt drawn to just checking the entire body. And as I was glancing very quickly, kind of like a mini scan here, I want to look at heart. Okay, nothing jumps on the radar for me. Okay, lungs, nothing here jumps out. Okay, GI system. Okay, now here I'm sensing this and that. You know, I kind of stop wherever I something comes up on the radar. Uh, I don't have a list I follow. There are some ACers, Ellen, that do have lists, um, but I, I don't do that. Uh, in part because, well, it takes up a lot of time if I wanted to literally check everything in the body. And it doesn't feel like it's, at least for me and my work, it doesn't feel necessary. I'd rather spend time where attention is drawn than spending a lot of time checking everything. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and I, I think I would rather not have a list also. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And with time and practice, you can check these areas very quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Thank you. Right. Okay. I had one more question. Okay. So it, this, you know, this is my beginner's stupid question probably, but it occurred to me the other day that I have been putting this uh, belief system block in place, like, Okay, I'm talking to a dog, I'm talking to a chicken, I'm talking to a bird. Therefore, I can't just sit there and have a conversation like I could so easily do with a human being. Ah. And, and that if I drop that, I'm talking to a whatever form and just talk to them like I am very facile at doing, it really works much better. Nice. Good. So maybe that's the approach you need to keep using. And, you know, people love labels. And people drawn to this work love animals. And they love the fact that their best friend is a dog or a horse or this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. All, all, who are we talking to? We're talking to spirit in the form of a horse body. Okay? Mm-hmm. That, that's all. It's, we're talking to a being. So use that. If that gets you around your block, great. And what will probably happen over time is as you continue seeing these individuals that you're speaking with as beings or, you know, the phrase that works best for you, then someday if, you know, somebody says, oh, can you talk to my bird? Please talk to my bird. And they say, bird, bird, bird. That's just their label for their friend. Um, When you say, okay, yes, I'll talk to your bird, and then you start the communication, you're probably not even going to move into that doubt or into that block again because you've practiced so much by coming in through a back door of using another word that the label bird no longer has a charge for you. Right, right. I, you know, I just I remember at some point reading an interview with a woman, and it could have been Penelope Smith. I'm not sure, but she was starting to talk to the whales and so on. Mm-hmm. And at least the way this interview presented it, it was like this big deal, and she was blown away. She was talking to the whales, and I can see I developed a belief system that oh, I don't know. There's certain animals that are easier than others, or more accessible or something. Okay. So, no, generally not. Um, Some people have a natural affinity towards one species or another, and occasionally those people have actually spent many, many lifetimes either A, with that animal, or B, as that particular animal species. So sometimes they have a natural extra, I don't know, affinity, awareness, um, knowledge, if you will, knowledge base, with certain species over others, but what I've discovered is they're pretty all easy to communicate with as long as you, the communicator, are in the clear. Okay. Thank you, Danielle. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is just all helping me. You know, I, I, I'm just, it's helping me dissolve all my own blocks that I know are coming from my own ideas I developed over time. Yes. Now, here's something else I'll point out. If you were to ever communicate with an alien species, a species that isn't, for example, a unicorn or a dragon, okay, they do exist in other realms. They don't exist here on Earth, but they do exist. And people have memories of them from other, our other lifetimes. And maybe at one point dragons at least were here on the planet, um, but they're certainly not anymore in the way that we know them to be. But we humans have these memories from other lifetimes, and we carry them into 
that, you know, this this planet into this lifetime. And so you have all these people that grew up in the Middle Ages, you know, talking about dragons and having stories and tales and banners with unicorns on them. Well, why why the consistency of that particular creature with a horse with a horn and a lion's tail? Well, it's because we have these memories. We just don't realize they're real. Now, if you were to communicate with a dragon or horse, um, you've got a lot of ideas that you've probably gleaned over years from reading books. Okay, or having childhood stories told to you about unicorns and dragons, um, which may or may not truly apply to the species. So a species that you don't know very much about, you can still gather information from that animal, but you want to do yourself the service of being like in the frame of mind as blank a slate as you can be because you, you're starting from basically nothing, no knowledge base, um, or at least knowledge that is necessarily legit, and so you really want to go in as blank a slate as possible so you can hear, well, what, what, dragon, you know, what do you really do? Do you have a life purpose? You know, where do you exist? Things like that. You can get information from beings you know nothing about if you're willing to stay out of your own way. Some oh, people yeah. find them more challenging than ones they know about. And it all comes down to your, your, yeah, your belief system. But you can actually be a blank slate with any being. Got it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, this will be fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Anything else that's on your mind? Um, well, I'll just bring this up. I'm, I'm working with it, and I, you may have insights. I think it'll go. You know, so far I, I've been, uh, for obvious reasons, you know, I sit down, I close my eyes. It's like communicating with animals is a event, and what I'm doing is communicating with animals. But, you know, more and more I'm kind of working into that world of, well, I could be walking the dogs and communicating with them. I could be walking the dogs and communicating with the eagle that just flew over my head. I, that, that kind of thing. Okay. So, yes, you can be doing all those things, or you don't have to be doing those things. So are you putting pressure on yourself or thinking to yourself, I should be doing this instead of, should be doing B instead of A? It's more, I could be doing this. I could be. Okay, mm. so that's nice and light. You could be. It's an offer, yes. You know, um, on days when I, my day's off, okay, I do not always do animal communication. I do, um, and what that looks like is I am not always talking with my animals. I live with them, and we're all very much into a routine of feeding time, walking hours of the day, things like that, that I don't utilize it in my everyday. I could. And I'm sure Penelope Smith certainly does, so there are people out there who do. Um, but do what feels right for you. Now, what I do do every day is I am always keeping my ears open to situations or information that I need to know on, you know, is it best to leave for the store now or in 10 minutes from now? Things like that, things that are, you know, up front in front of me that are going to affect my flow of the day, things like that I do keep an awareness on. I understand so, but you're scattering your energy and just, always keeping every airwave open. Yeah, you can think of it like that. Um, because I, I want to know anything that's going to affect me and my family personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, don't worry about, I could be doing this, I could be doing that. You will naturally step into whatever is right for you when the timing is perfect for you, whether it be no, a little, or a lot of animal communication in a given day as you're doing other activities. Um, you know, we humans are so used to living in the human world where communicating with animals isn't natural, so we're still in the human conditioning stage. And I'm still there, too. Mm -hmm. I'm still there, too, in my own way. Does that help? Understood. It helps a lot. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. All right. Anything else? That is it. And thank you so much. That, mm -hmm. that was a whole lot. <laughs> Good. So today I do want to have you practice with your own animal family. 
Um, and this is important because I want you to, at the end of this course, be like, okay, I know the basics of how to communicate, both with wild animals. We'll be working with wild ones in class number 10, um, and also those living in your house, you know, and those domesticated. I want you to have experienced all that so that you have something to carry over when I'm no longer standing by your side. And talking with your own is no different than talking with those that are domestic that you don't own. Every communicator does go to the place of, but I know so much about my animals. How do I get out of that? And I'll tell you, the answer is the same as when you're working with domestic that are not your own. As long as you go in as a blank slate, and as long as you ask your question, go into silence to create that void for them to really tell you what they want to tell you. You already know what your mind wants to tell you, but we don't want to. We don't need to do. We don't need your mind's input. We want to know what is the truth for my animal, this animal, right here and now, because you may call it your animal, and that's a label, your pet. However, yeah. in reality, it's spirit. It's another spirit, just like the neighbor's cat next door. Just another spirit, physically incarnated into a body. If you kind of make it general like that, that's one of the easier ways of stepping out of the. But this is my animal, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So who did you want to work with first? Let's go with Merlin. All right. And I know you gave me his description on uh, the Hotmail email. Go ahead and give me his description again and when he passed away and how old he was. Okay. So let me see. He was born about 1980. Okay. And he was very much a tomcat. We adopted him from a shelter. He was unneutered. Uh, and remained unneutered for a while until it became untenable. Um, He was a muted orange tabby cat. Okay. Um, Short-haired. You know, so I I would put him into the pastel tabby instead of the bright orange tabby. Okay. Had clearly defined stripes, but just... Okay, great. And how old do you think he was when he passed? Oh, are you there, Alan? Hi, are you there? Yes, okay, it went blank. (laughs) Okay, so I heard about the the, the stripes. Okay, and how long was he in the body? Short-haired. Well, this is it. He was with us for six years. And okay. we have a cabin on the western slope. It's in a very rural country place. And we would go there often, particularly in the summer. And we would take him with us, and he would roam the fields and, you know, hunt his own food and come home at night. And then when it was time to come home, he would always see us packing the car and he would sit on the front porch and wash himself and allow him to be picked up and put in his crate and he'd come home. Okay. And one day he just didn't. He saw us packing up and he ran. And we could not find him and we had to go, so we arranged for somebody to leave food and water. And later we saw... Somebody had put an ad in sort of the little local paper, but it, they didn't sign it or anything. And they said, thanks for the great um, orange tabby cat. Whoever left him, he's become my friend. Aww. So the feeling is that Merlin made a choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's helpful. So certainly can tune in to him based on that description. So let's go ahead, Ellen, and both of us call in Merlin and let me know when you feel you've got him. Okay. Okay, great, and I've got him here too. So Ellen would like to practice her animal communication skills. Is that acceptable, Merlin? He smiles and waves at you. He says, I know, Ellen. He says, absolutely okay. I'm here to help, here to help. Excellent. All right. So, Ellen, so you probably have some questions in mind, so we're going to do them one at a time. What is the first question you're really genuinely curious about? 
Marilyn, I'm really curious about what happened after you stopped living with me and Paul and what you did. Okay. So that's two questions together. Oh, okay. Sometimes when you combine questions, Ellen, what I find is the animals will answer one but not the other. Okay. okay. So let's break that down. Um, break that down. How do you want to break it down? First question. So I, I, I'm curious, Marilyn, about um, what happened when you decided, when you didn't get in the car with us and you stayed in the mountains. Okay. Great. So let's both ask. I just I see him sauntering through the grasses. His tail is like on with the grasses. And he says, I was called to be in that nature, to be in that world. I needed to be there. Okay, so I also hear him say he felt that it was right to stay okay, in mm-hmm. nature, yes, in the place where he was at. Um, it was very much a calling, very much a, a feeling of I have to stay, a knowingness. So that you're mm-hmm. accurately hearing, well done. So ask him, just because we're trying to figure out more information, why didn't you come home with us? Let's see if we can get more information on that. Okay, Marilyn, why didn't you come home? It wasn't his place. Say that again? It it wasn't his place. Correct, right. It wasn't his place. Um, And Mm -hmm. ask him the follow-up question, why not? Why Why wasn't it your place anymore? He did what he needed to do. And he, he had another destiny. Yes. Another path, another as-you-get-it destiny, that's correct, mm-hmm. uh, was very clear for him, another pathway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just shows me, well, check with him. Ask him, were you complete with your interactions with us when you did not come home? Pretty much. You know, there was a string or two, but complete enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get a yes. I was complete. There was nothing more to be done or to do. Now, check in with him emotionally. How did you, at that moment, you discovered, oh, it's not my place to go home with you family members anymore. How did he feel emotionally regarding that? Okay, I have to get past my own emotion. Yes, you do. <laughs> the deep breath. Because <laughs> I think he was fine. It was yes, just... he was fine. You heard him right. Yeah, Good. He was very fine. peaceful, Ellen. He was fine. No mm-hmm. sadness. And he, he, had, he had a good time, whatever he ended up doing. Okay, let me ask him that. Did you have a good time? He says, yes, it was the right path, the right path for me. He says, of course, things are good when you walk your own path. Mm-hmm. Good. So what do you want to ask him now? So, Marlon, when you were a baby, you had this temper, and you nearly died, and the veterinarian, none of us could believe you actually lived. And I always had the feeling that you... You made a real choice to live, and that's how you got better. Is that true? Okay. Yes, I needed to be here. Okay, so let me just look at that one a little deeper with him. So what about that? Okay. Um, So... Let me back up and have you ask him a new question. Let me ask him this first. I just want to make sure I'm on the right track with him before I guide you down that road. Um, okay, okay, good. All right, so he was the same being, and I just wanted to check that. He was the same being as a kitten, 
as he was after the illness. Ask him, what about the illness changed you or alerted you or made you want to stay? I get the feeling it made him want to fight. Okay. For what? For what purpose? It woke a will in him. Okay. Well, that's definitely true. Good. But why? What did he become aware of? He became aware of his purpose. And he needed to be with me. Yes. Yes, yes, very, very good, yes. He, um, he keeps telling me he had a fever. He was burning up is how he describes it. And it's like he got a glimpse of the other side, and he's like, oh, yeah, now I remember my purpose, my point in being here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, his will certainly increased because now he wanted to live to fulfill that. You're right. Good. And he did have a fever. It was like an unbelievable fever. Yeah, it's kind of like, I wouldn't call it quite a near-death experience, but something very, very close to that is what he went through. Mm-hmm. Good. All right, what else do you want to ask him? I'm just going to ask if there's anything he wants to tell me, because I feel very complete with Marilyn. Okay. Is there anything else, Marilyn? I'm getting past myself. I'm getting the information that my my husband, that Paul, helped him be able to fulfill his second part of life destiny, I'll call it. Okay, so let me check in on that. So, Truth, Merlin, did you tell her that? He says she gleaned it from my energy field. Okay, that's fine. And so, Truth, is that accurate that Paul did this for you? He says he understood. So, in a degree, yes, the man understood. Um, He thinks he was bummed. Paul was bummed, too, that he wouldn't come home. But there's also this underlying current of, on some level, your husband understood that a cat's got to mm-hmm. wander. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. So I got that from his energy field, so let me just try again. I just want to know if there's anything he would like to say or tell me. Okay. I don't think so. Okay, let me see. Yeah, he's more of the ask a question, I'll give you the answer kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Some animals are going to be the opposite. Some will, you, you give them the space to answer or tell you whatever you want, and they will go on and on. And others are more Q&A, and then, of course, you got animals, just like people, who are a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. So I want you to feel his energy of who he is as a being, as a spirit, would, would, does he come across to you as a, a new being or an old soul? I think he's an older soul. He, mm-hmm. he has a, shall we say, swagger to him, experience. Yes. Good. So ask him, did you complete your purpose? Absolutely. Excellent. And mm-hmm. what... Ask him, by you fulfilling your purpose, Merlin, what did you add to the world? Okay, I get a feeling. It's a very unique energy. I get a feeling, and I don't know how to put that unique energy into English. Okay, so this is where you ask him to help you. How can I describe this in words, Merlin? He says, I was 
wild cat to people who could only know a domestic cat. I was a wild cat to people who could only know a domestic cat? Yeah, I, I get the feeling. It's, it's like he embodied that, you know, like, I don't know, bobcat, whatever. Okay. But to those of us who would only, we would never live with a bobcat. He's not saying bobcat. Those are my words. Okay. Okay. He definitely has an adventurous streak to him. I can tell that in his soul. And that's very, he's got a natural curiosity at soul level. Um, definitely. <laughs> uh, he's not a run-in-the-mill, go-with-the-flow, I'll-follow-what-everybody-else's-rules-are kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So um, that would probably be akin to the words of wild. Your wild He has a wild streak. <laughs> um, he's also saying compassion and love. What I added to the world was compassion and love. Okay. All right. Okay, I was saying to him that surprises me. <laughs> oh, why does that surprise you? And he says, well, it was my own way. Okay. Yes, it was his own way. Yes. Okay. Is there anything else you want to ask him? That is all. I, I really thank him for showing up and for being my own mechanic. Mm-hmm. Nice. I thank him as well. Good. So go ahead and just let go of your focus of him. That way you're back to being you and he can go on and do what he's doing. So, Ellen, communicating with your own, did he come through easily? Yes, he did. He came through very easily. Good. Did he come through strong for you? It was... Um, I think it was strong. I just moved to another room because Electra would not stop barking at me. So I just I had a little distraction. Okay. Okay. Um, but, but Good for going to where you needed to to reorient. Good. Yeah. I felt him pretty okay. strong too. I think some animals were distance, but not him. Mm-hmm. Good. So do you feel like if you wanted to, if you wanted to spend more time with him on your own without me being there, that you could connect with him again and easily talk with him. Yes. Excellent. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Who do you want to work with next then? Let's work with Thunder the puppy. Okay. So let's go ahead and connect with him. Okay. He comes okay. very strong. <laughs> so Thunder, Ellen is wanting to practice her animal communication skills. And if you could give us your full attention, I know you get distracted by many things out there, but full attention, that would be wonderful during this short time. <laughs> he says fine. All right, your first question. Okay, I would like to know what his purpose is. What is what is? His purpose. What his partner is. Okay, so what do you mean by that question? Do you mean like you, Electra? No, 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 purpose. Um, his, purpose, his... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't hear it. It didn't come through. Good. Okay, what is your purpose? All right, let's ask. He's here to love. Yes, that's part of it. Good. And he's here to protect. Are you here to protect? If that, if she wants that of me, yes, I can be that. He says. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me just ask the so truth, universe. Did she get that from him, or did that come from her? The protect aspect. Um, okay, so it wasn't his energy field as a possibility. And again, I get you sense that. Yeah. So. Go back to him and ask him, what else are you here to do? I see this enormous ball of light, of white light. Okay. So ask, what does that mean? There's a healing energetic to it. It's like a quality of healing, of balancing. 
Okay, so let me check with him. Did you tell her that you do balancing or healing or something of the sort? He says, I do. I've come to make the space beautiful. Okay, good. All right. So ask him, are you here to have fun? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's one of the first things he said loud and clear. I'm here to have fun. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, you're very working brain oriented. You value work and good work, Ellen. Um, So what I see happening is he said fun first, loud and clear, and it went around your radar. I don't get you picked that up, um, in part because you're looking at the loftier, spiritual, higher, if you will, aspects Um, So remember, you want to go into asking your questions with no agenda because that will allow you to hear both the mundane as well as the lofty, whatever they want to say in that moment. Got it. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I always go to the the lofty and the practical. Uh Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And there's no wrongness there, Ellen. And I want to point out that each one of us as an ACer, we have – our own unique vibration. And so there are things within our vibration that we have natural preferences because they're part of us at soul level. You prefer, you know, knowing those sorts of things. I, not that I've chosen this on purpose, but part of my design is I attract details galore. I, I just see details. I sense details. And it's just part of my makeup. So the the point is you and I are going to often attract different bits of information from an animal based on kind of how we vibrate with them in the moment. What what am I attracting here in information-wise? Um, you it's can still like, hear the what? other stuff too, uh-huh. but your conversation, just like think of it this way, your conversation with me about spiritual ideas would be very different than, say, uh, your talk with uh, a seven-year-old child. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. The reference point of where you and the animal are coming from will help determine, based on your knowledge, what you know and what they know, will help to determine, you know, sometimes what's shared or relayed in a conversation. I, I have an ACR friend who, just because of what she, where she is in life and what she's attracting, she is darn good at what her, her work as an ACR, and yet she hardly gets anything spiritual, of spiritual nature. Almost everything is very um, mundane, down to earth, uh, you know, everyday generalities, physical, a lot of great physical body information, and that's just, you know, what she attracts. And, you know, my gosh, that's wonderful in in and of itself. The clients that hire you are a very certain type of person that you'll find you tend to attract over and over again. I get an awful lot of, I get two categories. I get newbies who are f- totally fresh and new. They don't know a thing about animal communication. This is their first experience with it. And I also attract the people who have done energy work out, you know, out the wazoo. They, they know about homeopathy like yourself. They know about acupuncture. They know so much about alternative modalities and energy work and she and all that type of stuff. I tend not to attract too much of the middle ground. Uh You know, the people who are kind of just starting to dabble in alternative, but they're not, you know. So it's very funny. Don't worry. Don't worry about what you attract and what you get, but do try your best to listen to all of it. Okay. Got it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And, you know, I think think somewhere in there I said balance, that he's here to balance. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting the idea that what I missed in a way is that he's here to balance me. Because he really is making me have fun. Yes, he wants to show you the lighter side of life, he says. So you're accurate there. That's far more accurate, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to show you fun. He wants to bring light your way, which is light and cheery and let's play ball and let's run and race around and be silly. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good. good, good, good. Now, this little guy also feels like he doesn't mind being noisy. Ask him this, okay? He likes to be loud and noisy with his voice. Ask him, why Why do you use your voice so much? He likes sound. Yes. He 
he says, I, it's like he's saying, I like to laugh. I like to talk. I like to be there. I, I, you know? Yeah. He does like to laugh. He has no problem regarding making his mark in the world. Like uh, like a human who, a child who loves to shout and mm-hmm. when they're in the middle of play, he's like, oh, I want to bark in the middle of play or I want to bark now. Or He has no problem speaking up. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that's good. So even questions like that, when we ask our animal friends, okay, you do this behavior all the time, why do you do that? Even if we don't want it to change. I mean, you, you may be totally fine with the fact that he, you know, is vocal when he wants to be. I don't see him doing it to excess. But it's kind of cool to find out, well, why do you do that? It's like I have this foster dog right now, and he does the oddest behavior. I walk him, and he only chooses to poop ever on the sidewalk. We walk through the grass. He'll pee in the grass, but he will never poop in the grass. We have to be walking on the sidewalk for him to do number two. So that would be an example of sometimes we just plain get curious regarding why they do certain things, mundane things. Good. All right, so back to him. What's your next question? Okay. So thunder. You started to refuse to eat your baby food. Then you started to refuse to eat the other food I bought. And you want to eat the food electrically. But are you ready to eat that food? Could, can your stomach digest that? Okay, great. What's he say? I think it would be a little much. I, I sense it would be a little much for him. Okay. So I hear him say yes. He thinks he can handle the food. Mm-hmm. Now, Ellen, do this. Animal okay. will tell you information about, you know, their opinions about this or that. If you uh-huh. imagine now having electric food, you know, the appropriate quantity, moving mm-hmm. through Thunder's GI system, You can, as you watch it transition through his body, you can sense how does the stomach feel about this food, how does the small and large intestine, you know, um, take in the food, does the small intestine absorb the nutrients, you know, adequately. Um, Mm -hmm. And as you watch the stool come out, you get information on consistency and what it looks like. So go ahead and try that. I just don't see that he could digest that fast. Okay. So I want you to break it down for me. How does the stomach feel about the food? What do you sense? The stomach likes it. it, it it's more, I'm, I'm not sure which part of the intestine or colon. Okay. It's just so, a little bumpy end. Yes, it is. Okay, the large intestine is what's having a little bit of a issue, okay, mm-hmm. with electric food in him. So I want you to expand your awareness. Really feel that large intestine or really observe it. You can do it from the outsiders or the inside perspective, your choice. And look at the large intestine. As it's trying to do its job, what do you notice? And this isn't a pun. It feels large. It, it feels like there's, there's too much in there and it's not moving. Okay. Do you sense gas production? Not really. Not really. Okay. So I do get gas production in bubbles. I also get that large feeling. So that large feeling we're both getting. Okay, good. Now, imagine it is passing out of the anal area. What does it look like stool-wise? Loose. Did you say blue? Loose. For, you know, I mean, not, not liquid, but loose. Loose. Okay, 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 gotcha. Yeah. All right, so yes, that's accurate. Okay, I'm getting very, very loose. Mm-hmm. Very good. So that gives you information on the likelihood of what would happen if you gave him a quantity meal of appropriate size 
of electric food. Mm-hmm. And yet, when we ask him, do you think you can handle it? I hear him say yes. <laughs> so sometimes uh-huh. it's ideal to kind of look at both. You know, what does the animal say? It's kind of like asking you if you had a grandchild. Um, you know, you've had two cookies already. Do you think your stomach can handle a third one? Because pretend they're a really little, a little kid, three years old or something, and they've already had dinner and ice cream, and now they're having two, a third cookie. And they'll say, yes, yes, I can. And yet, yeah. you know. know yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. People and animals are the same in that instance. They don't always know how their body's going to respond, and sometimes their taste buds answer for them. Oh, I love the taste of cookies, so yes, I want another cookie. And yes, I'm pretty sure I can handle it. I'll be just fine. And for some animals, their definition of handling something is, oh, well, it passes in and out, and I don't vomit. Right. You know? Uh-huh. So uh-huh. everybody has their own definition. If you're never sure about or you question what an animal says, you can ask them, do you think you're going to have diarrhea? Now ask the puppy that. Do you think? Ignore the information you, you sensed from the body and go directly to thunder. Do you think it would give you diarrhea? Yes, but I don't care. Uh-huh, he does say yes. <laughs> and he's not too concerned about it. You're right. Yeah. He wants the food. And I don't blame him. He has a good taste. <laughs> cool. Now ask him, why do you want the food? Let's see what his motivation is. Because it's Electra's food. Yes, because she's getting it and he wants some of the same. Yeah. So, as an owner, what you could do is explain to him on your own time, you're on this food that I'm offering because we're getting your body, you know, stronger, healthier. You're going through a growing phase where you need the extra protein or whatever the reason is you're keeping them on the puppy food. Um, and eventually, yes, maybe, you know, you can explain to him that we will transition you over to electric food, but we need your body in a place where it's set and prepared to receive electric food and that time is not yet. You know, whatever it is you need to tell him, you can explain it. Got it. Okay. Very good. Uh-huh. And that may or may not make him stop wanting her food, but at least you've given him the understanding of where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else do you want to ask him? Okay. Thunder, when we go walking, you need to be carried for about the first half, and then you walk very confidently the second half. Even though you don't know where we are or that it's the second half. So, okay, I'm trying to put this together. So I wonder why you need to be carried at first and then why you lead us all home. Okay, and what was your second question, and then why, what? So I, I'm wondering, I guess it's two questions. Why do you need to be carried in the beginning? Okay, let's stop there and go with that one first. Let's only okay. give him one question at a time. Otherwise, mm-hmm. again, he may ignore your second question. You might only get half. So why? Ask him why. This is uncertain. There's, it's a big world out there. Very good. It is a little bit of nervousness, a little uncertainty. And he sees home as how? It's, it's safe. It's like his cave. It's exactly. It's safe. You got that. Good. So now we're on the second half of the walk, so why the change? Uh, he can feel me. He knows we're going back. Okay, let me check in with him. Is it because you know you're going back? Well, yes. So, yeah, you're accurate. He says that is correct. Good. Um, mm-hmm. Notice the emotional change. In, for, he goes from nervous, though, to at the second half of the walk. Where is he emotionally now? He is so confident. He pulls me. He, he, <laughs> like he's leading the parade. Yes. He's like, oh, I got this now. I can do this. <laughs> So he has to watch. He has to watch. 
So he has to watch for a bit, and then when he's yes. got it. Okay. Yes, that is very accurate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Good. So this behavior may change over time, Ellen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about it. But you can definitely praise him for being brave and being a good walker and whatever other qualities you like on the way home and put it out there to him. And I'd love to see that from the get-go because you know we're always going to go back home. Wouldn't it be fun to explore the walk from the beginning yeah. to not just from the second half? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. This dog likes to have fun. When you know animals have certain qualities about themselves, you can use it to your advantage. He likes to have fun. So it's not that we're taking advantage by telling him, gosh, you know, it could be really fun if you, you know, walked from the house on the first half of the walk and have not just fun on the second half, but the first half too. It's not taking advantage of them by offering, you know, by using (laughs) manipulative words um, because it's kind of like encouraging them to step into their own embodiment of confidence, which he already has. It's just like inviting him to grow it. And sure, there is the benefit on your end of what you get. You don't have to carry him. But I, I use that all, all the time. I find out what, how an animal operates, and it's like, well, I can talk to you in this way because I know you like to have fun. So, sure, I can use words that will perhaps expand your world, that it could be fun if you tried this too. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I will tell you, do animals manipulate other animals and do animals manipulate humans? They certainly do. they certainly do all the time and yet when my animals do it to me and I know they're doing it to me more often than not in the moment I don't look at it in a bad way Uh I don't so right Right. it's manipulation without a judgment about it yeah exactly all right what else for thunder I would like to know thunder if you've ever been with me before okay I get yes. Okay. Uh, I get yes as well. Now, you need to break that down to this lifetime or another lifetime or both. Mm. This part lifetime, yes. Okay. So you, you got this lifetime, yes? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I get this lifetime, no. What do you okay. get to another lifetime? Yes. Yes, good. How many times? I think six. Okay, I'm getting four. So that's the ballpark, okay? Because remember, we each read the energy slightly differently. So four to six in the ballpark. If I got four and you got 20, we would know one of us was way off. Right. Okay. Okay. Good. We've got six more minutes. Did you want to keep working with Thunder or switch to your other gal? Let's switch to Electra. Well, thanks, Thunder. So thank you, Thunder. Well done. Great job. And he focused very well during that exercise, too. All right. So Electra, call her in. She just comes in so bright and strong. (laughs) Good. And your first question for her. I've noticed when we go on walks in the neighborhood, you don't like to walk. And sometimes I have to pull you to get you moving at all. But when we went hiking in the mountains yesterday... You ran away. And I wonder what's up. Okay. She likes the mountains. She likes yes, it a lot. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. And ask her, what don't you like about going for walks, you know, and in the Monday neighborhood? It's hot. Yes. Okay, where on her body? 
I sense an all-over heat, but her feet are hot. Yes. Well done. She's complaining to me about her feet. Her feet are hot. And Electra, Danielle talked to you and you won't wear booties. Oh, that's right. That was this girl. Yes, that's yeah. right. We did have the conversation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yes, it's about hot feet. It's also about the ground. Ask her, what kind of surfaces do you prefer to walk on? And we're not talking temperature-wise. We're talking texture, etc. Oh, earth. Yes. Soft earth. Soft, soft. Does, Good. Does make, she likes mud. Yes. So ask her, what, te- what texture are you after? Soft, cool, dirt. Yes, good. Which even has a precedence over grass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. Okay. Now, I've never talked with a dog with a preference on, you know, um, mud and dry earth over grass before, but, hey, they, they, they exist because, you know, every being is so different, but that is a preference for her. Good. And if you mm-hmm. were to compare the lineup, she likes dry earth and mud over grass, over pavement and hard surfaces mm-hmm. ask her what what don't you like about the pavement i mean it's hard but aside from that she can't feel um and so here i'm going to say i guess the earth but she can't um she isn't connected on that pavement so i'm going to have you recheck that let that one go I want you to be in her body with her for this as best you can. Look out her eyes. And I want you to feel the length of her head, her neck, her core of her body, hips, front two legs, back two legs. You're her walking now. And you're being walked on pavement. And what is she aware of that she's not too fond of as she's walking on the pavement? smells. Mm, recheck. I'm just not, I'm not. Okay, it's a, it's a physical, something physical about the pavement mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. What feeling doesn't, physical feeling or sensation does she not like? It hurts. Okay. Why? It's hard. Yes, 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 good. It's hard. It's rough. She doesn't like the bumps. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she gets gravel stuck, little tiny pieces stuck between her paw and putting her paw down across onto the hard surface. Mm-hmm. She doesn't mm-hmm. like that either. Okay. She's got delicate feet. She's got okay. really delicate feet. Yes, she does. Cool. So I wonder if you were to, if if there's a space in your neighborhood when you walk her that's kind of like at least some neighborhoods have, you know, they got the road, and then you've got, if there isn't a sidewalk, you've got the yards. I wonder if you could walk her along the little dirt path there at the threshold of people's yards as it comes up to the pavement, if there's no sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we. I know where I'll go. We we live next to a lake. Oh, okay. With a dirt path. So which, isn't that insightful to now know? It's it's sure she likes the mountains, but there's also a big reason why she likes the mountains. Mountains, right? I've just avoided it with thunder because there's too many things to be nervous about. Mhm. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. All right, and one more question for her. Okay. Electra, how are you doing with thunder? She's fine. Okay. I like so, the 
see. Is there a party that's fun? She, I, okay, ask her in what regard. Ask her in, in what way are you fun? What do you mean by that? She likes the company. Although he can be very annoying and he scratches her eyes or her face. He, he, okay. So he on her head. Okay. But I think, I think that I'm saying this because I know it, not because she's saying it. Okay, cool. So if we even question that, then let's go back to square one. I want you to take a deep breath. Relax, drop down. Go back to the original question. I'll give you feedback on the other stuff in a minute as it, as it fits. But go ahead and ask, so, Truth, how are you doing, and let's add the word emotionally, how are you doing emotionally with thunder? He's taking over a bit. Okay. Dig deeper. What's that mean, Electra? I don't get the special attention. Okay. We're on the right track. Good, good. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, I'll give you that. So how is she, what is her emotional reaction to thunder at this point? Tolerance. Very good. Very good. Mm -hmm. Tolerant is a nice word. There Mm -hmm. are moments Electra is getting exasperated with him. Okay? She it's Mm -hmm. a lot of work. She sees the the time, the energy, the effort that you're putting in, which goes back to what you're picking up here on, you know, a little bit of lack of special time for her because your your hands are full and she sees that. Mm Okay. Mm-hmm. So tolerance is a great word. I don't see her in love with thunder at this point. Um, ask her, do you like him? Let's start there. Do you like him? She doesn't know. Okay. So I hear her say, yeah, he's okay. Okay. He's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Ask her, are your emotional needs getting met? I think no, but she knows I'm trying. Correct. No is the answer. She does know you're trying. But I think that last part might have been you, the no, but she knows I'm trying. Because mm-hmm. I, I can feel that coming from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the legit answer, if you were to end with exactly what she said was no. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're concerned about am I trying, trying enough, ask her directly, do you think I'm trying enough to get your needs met? No. <laughs> okay, yeah, I hear no too. So ask mm-hmm. her, what can I do for you to help better meet your needs? I'm alone. alone. Yes, especially Mm -hmm. where? Mm -hmm. I think in bed. Yes, very good. In bed and outside are the two locations she's saying. Mm -hmm. Very good. Cecile, and those are questions you can ask. So it's okay to get less desirable answers or negative answers from our animal friends. Know that you can hear it because you know what you really want to, I know you really want to take great care of her and you want her emotional needs met. So let's find out where is this being today on am I, you know, meeting her emotional needs. Oh, no, I'm not. Okay, cool. Let me know. What can I do? And then ask yourself, okay, can I really do the thing she's asking? And there's going to be times you can't. And there's going to be times you can. Right. But now you and your friend are back in balance, if you will, because you're both on the same page. 
you've acknowledged and accepted and truly heard where she's at. What happens with some ACers is they're afraid of the answer so much that they don't want to hear the word no from their mm-hmm. pet, no, you're not doing enough, because they take that personal. Okay, you can't take things personal. <laughs> that they don't even ask because they don't even want to know. Or they'll ask, but they don't get the right answer because they don't really want to know and they create a block for themselves. Right. It's kind of like, you know what, I really want to know because I want to be in balance with my friends. I love my animal family just that not much that I want to know. So if you take that frame of thinking, more often than not, you'll get the right answer. Okay, okay. Yeah, and I, I, I understand that. I don't think I have such a big block about hearing no. Okay, as, good. As much as they have about, oh my gosh, it's going to be more work. Cool. Yeah. All right, let's okay. go ahead and thank Electra. She did a great job as well. And do you have any final questions before we part ways? I don't. This was really illuminating. It's, Good. You know, I, I suppose it just is. It's, it's so much easier to see a, a sick person dispassionately who's not a family member. It's, in a way, so much easier to work with animals I don't have a personal relationship with. Mm-hmm. But it's possible. I, I see the... I see the path more clearly now. Good. So for class number eight, do you want to do another round of you working with your own, or do you want to, otherwise I'll just move on with what I had planned already? Um, What did you have planned? Well, it's going to be working with fears, helping to, talk with animals about fears and how to approach them and good questions asked to find the origin of the fear. Let's work with the fears. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, we are all set for today. You have a great week. Practice with your own animal family members if you're wanting to do extra exercises. Ask them little things that are questions that are really, the, the answer is not really that meaningful to you. Little things like, you know, um, your last, thunder, your last place where you lived. Anything you want to tell me about it? Okay. Okay. That way, you, you have no investment whatsoever in what you hear, so chances are you can hear exactly what the animal tells you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. You have a great week, Ellen, and good job today. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you very much. You have a great week. Uh- All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.